0: Welcome to the Joseph Barlow Ministries podcast. Here, you'll learn from a real life dad about raising a family, developing a healthy marriage, and teaching your children to find their purpose. Here he is, Joe Barlow. I uh, present to you Pastor Joe, and he's gonna teach us on family.
1: You know, Becky used to work for me uh, years ago, and uh, I still remember where well, all of a sudden this memory came back to me. We were working at Christianity Today, and we were standing back in your office area right by the printer, and you said to me, there is no reason for us not to succeed as parents because there's so much that we can learn, and if we will take the time to do the classes and read the books, we can succeed. You told me that. Back, in the, back at the beginning. Becky, before family life, Becky and I spent 15 years together on a worship team. And uh, so we have some history along with, where's Christine? Christine in the back. Yeah, today um, I've been asked to teach on family. Go ahead and put that back up, David, if you would. <clears throat> now, um, I'm a blessed man. I I tell you, you know, my parents went around and interviewed people before they got married and they said, they asked older couples, they said, what brings happiness in life? A hundred percent of them said having children. Now that wouldn't necessarily be true today because most people nowadays don't believe that children are a blessing. But we have insisted in our hearts that parents are, or that children are a blessing. And uh, we have continued to believe that. That children are a blessing. And uh, like arrows in the hands of a warrior, a son's born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them, right? He will not be put to shame, amen, when he he contends with his enemies in the gate. Uh, Psalms 1. So Nancy and I have seven children. Uh, Let's see, there's three in-laws there, yep, and five grandchildren. And um, we're believing for a whole lot more. Amen. (laughs) We are believing for a whole lot more. (laughs) We have any takers? (laughs) Um, Listen. Um, And I'm not, I don't want to say this by way of boasting, but like Paul said, he said, I'm saying these things that I might provoke you. You know, when he was talking about giving in 2 Corinthians 7 and 8 and 9 or whatever, he said, I'm, I'm saying these things to kind of provoke you. <clears throat> My dad had a, um, he used to be a part of, back in the Catholic church, the Christian family movement. And one night he was called upon to teach uh, this group of young couples. And uh, you know he did a good job when nine months later there was five new kids in the church. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, you gotta you gotta grow the church somehow. Um, no, listen, I do love I do love my family. I love my wife and I love my children, and um, but you don't get here just because this is a casual thing that I sort of like. You don't get, that's not how you get there. This is something that Nancy and I pursued with all of our heart, all of our energy, okay? And uh, so Danny asked me this week if I would share on, uh, let me put, let me say it the way he said it, how to have a functioning family where everyone actually likes each other. He said, could you teach on that? Yeah. Well, yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, Let me get right in, because I want to tell you that there is a lot of material in this message, and um, the way you need it organized is not the way I would organize it, so I'm going to put it out on the table. You take what you're supposed to have, okay? There's a lot coming, so take what belongs to you, all right? There's a lot coming. All right, so relationships, I want to start with the relationships, aside from each person's relationship with God which is number 1 for each person the number 1 marriage or the number 1 relationship in the family is the marriage the number 1 relationship in the family is the marriage it's not parent to child it's husband to wife it's number 1 and as a husband and wife you are a complete family How do I know that? Because when God looked at the husband and wife, he said, it is very good. Husband and wife, that's a complete family. You welcome, then, children into the family, okay? The children don't become the focus. The husband and wife relationship stays number one, okay? Um, I had a, a woman came to me for counseling. She said when, uh, when, you know, her husband and her and her husband were always like boyfriend-girlfriend. You know, they were just holding hands all the time, loving each other. And uh, then they had a baby. And they walked into Costco and they were giving out free samples, you know. And, and so this old guy giving out free samples looks at the husband and says, you're not number one anymore, are you? And he looked at his wife and said, is that true? She said, well, of course. He let go of her hand. He walked down the aisle, away from her, and they're divorced. So when I was counseling this woman, she didn't know what had happened. I said, the husband-wife relationship is number one. She said, I was wrong. I said, I'm sorry, but yes, you were wrong. The child is not number one in your life. Your spouse is number one in your life. Aside from your relationship with God. Like I said, I'm putting out some heavy ones. (laughs) Grab it if you need it. All right? But relationships are where you're going to preach the gospel from, so you better pay attention to relationships. Relationships within family are essential. Okay? Now, I learned an extraordinarily valuable lesson From a dear friend, I already mentioned her, Christine, in the back here. Um, Christine was at uh, at least one of our births. Was it one or I know it was Uh, Marky. So when my son Mark was born, Christine was there assisting in the birth. We did all home births, Uh, unmedicated, I might add. It's amazing when you're married to Superwoman. (laughs) We had this after after Mark was born this doctor who had already delivered 3,000 babies, babies, he was this tall man. He walks out of the bedroom and he's shaking his head. He said, she is a strong woman. (laughs) He was in awe. She is a strong woman. (laughs) I was like, brother, I know that. (laughs) Um, But two days after Mark was born, Christine came back to visit to see how baby was doing, how Marky was doing. She picked him up, and she looked him in the face. You ready? This is wisdom coming to you. She stuck out her tongue. And do you know he immediately stuck out his tongue at her? She said, this is the only way that they can communicate at this age. That's the only thing that they can mimic or imitate. That's the only way they can communicate. So guess what I do now with all the grandkids? As soon as they're born and even when they're little, how how does grandpa communicate with them? I stick my tongue out at them. William and Winsome, the little ones, okay, I've already been doing this for a year now. I mean, the other people look at me like thinking it's just a game. It's no game for me. I mean, yes, it's fun, but my intention is I am starting day one, building my relationship with them. you got to pay attention to the connective tissue of relationship. You can't preach the gospel to your children if you have no relationship with them. And I will tell you this, I'll get right to it, you can't build a relationship on the law. We tried. Uh, uh, we tried. We, we've been at this. Let's see. We, we just celebrated 37 years. And uh, so we've been at this. And I'll, I'll guarantee you, we spent at least a couple decades trying to do it by the law. If our, old, if our older children have had to go to counseling for anything, most often, most often it has to do with our religious legalism. I'm not going to pay for it, though. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I love them. Anyway, but the religious legalism, if you are legalistic with your children, what you're actually doing is you are placing something between you and them. Which severs relationship. When you say, you have to obey me, I'm your mom. Okay. And that's okay. When when the children are little, you know, you're going for obedience. There's a difference between obedience and submission. Right? Obedience is just like you're going to comply. You're going to do it. Just do it. Okay. But submission, what's happening there is you want their heart. Because then they yield from their heart. Obedience, and there's two Greek words there. One is kuo and one is Tasso. So um, obedience is kuo, and submission is hupotasso. One is coming under, out of obedience and and reverence. Yes, you're like it says, children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Okay, just do it. There's got to be order in the house. I understand. Just do it. But I'll tell you, there comes a point in time, and here's what marks it when the child starts asking the question, why? Why this? Why that? Why the, and and they'll I don't know what age that is, but they start asking that question. you know why they start asking that question because their heart's ready to learn. They're showing signs of readiness. You better be ready because if all you give them at that point is law, they won't grow. You're starving them. If you don't give them the actual Moral reason why you want them to do something, you're starving them. And their little heart is saying, that's not sufficient. They know it's not sufficient when you give them a law answer instead of a a heartfelt... Let's just make something up. Okay. Um, uh, The child is disobeying their mother. (coughs) I pull them aside. I say... Do you know the Bible says children obey your parents in the Lord? Yes. Okay. Are you going (laughs) to (laughs) bear? So here's a question to ask them. Do you love your mother? Child, do you love your mother? Do you love her? Do you love her? get them to the point where they can feel that. If they're ready, get them to, can you feel that? Do you love your mother? Do you want mo- your mother's life to be filled with pain? The pain of your disobedience? Can't you love her? Just simply love her by obeying her. When their hearts are ready, give it to them. Wake them up to the same moral reasons that you live by. The problem is, once you go to try to, give the moral reason for things to a child and you're trying to fill up their warehouse in a sense on the inside but you go to your own and you find it's empty like why the the child asks you a question why am I supposed to do this and you don't have anything but a law answer well that's the way my dad said to do it and that's the way we're going to do it okay well that doesn't mean anything to me Okay, let's back up a little bit. In the beginning, God created man and woman. (coughs) He said, let us make mankind in our image and let us give them dominion. Do you know why your children disobey you? Because God made them that way. What? No, God put dominion in your child's heart. And you better acknowledge it. You better learn to understand it. Now, you got to help them to bring that dominion and submit that dominion to you. Because if they don't learn how to submit to you, they won't learn how to submit to anybody. I uh, better say that again. If you don't teach your child to submit to you, they won't end up submitting to anyone. I will not hire somebody whose heart is not yielded. I will not. I will never hire someone. And I can tell. I can tell if this person has never learned how to yield to authority. Yeah, I won't tell them that. I won't say that's why I'm not hiring you. I probably would never even bring them to the seat of an interview because I could perceive that ahead of time. But I won't hire them. If they they can't yield to me as a leader, then no, the answer is no. I won't have them, okay? But it's the parent's responsibility to bring that child to the place where they're safe. Submission is right, obedience is right, and it's safe to obey. It's the parent's job to bring them to that place. All right, let me keep going here because I have a lot, 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 lot. So Christine told me that thing about sticking your tongue out, and I've used it over and over again, and I'm building relationships, and we all need to build relationships. If the parent um, cannot communicate with the child... The moral reason why you're trying to do something. They need to go back and talk with their spouse and say, Honey, we need to pray about this because I don't know what to say. We better come to union, unity as a husband and wife of what, why, why, why do the kids have to go to church? Why do the kids have to go to school? Why do we have to do this? What is our And you have to own it personally. What is our why? If you're living apart from why, or if you're living absent of why, L-A-W, living absent of why, living apart from why, that's law. If you're not giving your child the moral reason why, but you're just saying, you have to obey me, I'm your mom. I'm your dad. You have to obey. You have to respect. Okay. That's okay when, you're, when they're three years old because you're trying to impart it in the first place. But if they're 12 and you're still trying to do that, you are, you're missing, 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 missing the boat. <clears throat> Build relationship. Pay attention to the connective tissue of relationship. Every situation in life brings up different problems, and we have to learn how to deal with them. If you have, I'll I'll tell you this, if you work to improve relationships with your child, today, the next week, When a situation arises and they need some counsel because you worked on improving the relationship which is more understanding less legalism more honor towards their dominion okay and i'm not saying to to try to get rebellion to rise up in them no but you have to honor that each person has been given dominion by God. They are an individual. So truly, I believe, and uh, and God correct me if I'm wrong, I, I, but I currently believe this. I believe every person needs to be won over. And... Parents who don't know how to share the moral reason why will go and hide behind their authority because they're not smart enough or they're not able to convince their child why this is right. So they go hide behind their authority and say, do it because I said so. Okay. Now, it's a good idea to keep that do it because I said so in place that's not a bad thing it's important for the safety of the child <clears throat> like some of you heard this story before but when I was little we went to see uh, we went to see my siblings they were at a football game and the football game was behind the fence we were looking through it there was this big building over here and all of a sudden um my dad yelled at us get in the car like get in the car We're all standing by the fence watching the football game. All of a sudden, my dad's screaming, get in the car. Like, okay, what, what, why like, he's in a rush. He's in a panic, almost. Like, what's going on? Okay, we get in the car. Soon as we get in the car, the building right next to us blows up. (laughs) It blows up. I mean, you can see all the windows swell out just like a big balloon, a big, huge fireball. How my dad knew that was about to happen, the Holy Ghost, I guess. That's all I can, all I can surmise. And um, so <clears throat> that do it because I said so, it's a good thing to have in place. And your children should respect you enough that when you do say something, do it now. They should be able to tell by the tone of your voice, dad ain't playing. And my kids understand that voice. I <clears throat> hope none of them had to go to counseling for that. <laughs> but I don't know. But I'll tell you, having to be the authority in certain situations, you can't see what I'm seeing. You better do what I'm telling you right now. Okay? And then, that and works towards peace, and it can. But that's not something you'd ever want to abuse. <laughs> Um. Like I said, you're going to have to put this message in order. All right. Um, years ago, Nancy and I believe we found the, the key to parenting, the number one key. And we still, I believe, stand by this. That if you can obtain and maintain an open heart relationship with your child, you won't lose them if you can obtain and maintain an open heart relationship with your child you won't lose them i've watched through the years when the when the child comes to nancy and opens up their heart to her and sometimes it's just they do that because, hey, they just feel comfortable talking to mom about it. I, I wonder, okay, did I do something wrong that I missed it that um, they didn't come to me? I, I'm not trying to say that I felt bad or anything. I'm just watching. Did I miss it? Did I, uh, did, did I break fellowship in, anywhere with my chi- in any place with my child? Is there an offense in their heart toward me? Is there an offense in my heart toward them? If it is, let's clean it up. Okay. Now, you have to understand that the healing process takes time. So you can say, well, here's an offense. Okay, let's fix it right now. Uh, Can you give me a little time? You got to give my heart time to uh, respond. And you just give me some time. But then, but know that. We're not giving up. The goal is, hey, we're we're gonna fix this, and we're gonna make sure that we're good. Okay, so um, bringing your uh, so that relationship with the child, I, I, I how do you, how do you get your kids to love each other? Well, you, you love them first. Provide an atmosphere of love in the home. If um, if you always do. What love mandates, you will always make the right decision. If you always do what love mandates, you will always make the right decision. Okay? Um, All right. Sometimes you need to... um, what is it, DTR? Define the relationship? Sometimes you need to, and you probably need to do this several times with your kids as they grow. You need to sit down and say, let's just make sure we understand how things are working here. Um, and define the relationship and speak and, and speak parameters in place. When Sarah was 14, we gave her a, a welcome to womanhood party. And I got to speak at it. Isn't that isn't that wise? <coughs> we didn't know any better we just did it the way we saw to do it and it was successful but i said listen we're welcoming you into womanhood and at this point i said your your voice now matters in this home we're we're looking at you as an adult now and your opinion your voice matters in this home bring me your best bring me your best input i i i, I honestly um my children Most often, I mean, aside from Nancy and I, the next next group of people I'm going to go to normally is going to be my kids, if I'm thinking through something and praying about it. I'll go to my kids. Why? Because they're full of wisdom. How'd they get full of wisdom? We put it in there. (laughs) But we also brought them to God and helped them to understand God. Okay? Let's talk about faith for a few. Um, why do you believe what you believe? You better know the answer. Peter says in 1 Peter 3.15, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Let's look at that again. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. And I would say along with that first sentence, in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord, but also revere the Christ who's in your children. Hello? If, if your children are born again, and our, our kids all got born again at an early age. I mean, my son Mark even led our first dog to the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> but before Nancy and I could ever get to the kids, Sarah had already gotten to them. You know, she had already made sure each one of them was born again. And then uh, Nancy would come along and get them all, you know, filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. So we all did that together. That was a lot of fun. Um, but but always be prepared to give the answer. Can you communicate your own faith? You know, if you can't, you should probably just some, take some classes. Get some John King classes, man. You, that's the type of thing. Or or uh, get a Karis Bible College class. Or go listen to some good stuff online that'll that'll just help you to communicate who you are, how you think, and why you are the way you are. Because you're going to need to be able to communicate that with your children. Okay? Um in our in our house, we always went to church. We made a decision one time we didn't make the decision every Sunday. <clears throat> I'm actually writing a book on that right now. It's called Breaker Box and uh you set the you know you set the breaker box you don't change that very often. You set that breaker box switch. it's the light switches that you flip on and off. those are daily decisions, but that breaker box is set. so for me, whether we're going to church on Sunday, that's not a light switch in the room. that's a breaker box. We flipped it out a long time ago. That's what we do. We just set it. That's just our decision and we've just we just live. According to it, we love it. Um, So church wasn't an option, and we always served together. My dad told me when I was a little boy, he said, if you want to form community, get people to work together. And I will tell you that Nancy and I and the kids worked together a lot. Okay, there was always a lot to do, okay? (laughs) Okay. There's a lot of work when you got seven kids in the house. Um, but get people to work together. Yesterday, community is formed when people are working together. I, I mean, me and Corey, we were pulling up those carpets, which I hated. <laughs> but working with Corey, I loved. Yeah. Okay? So working with him, man, that was fun. Okay? But pulling up those carpets was pretty close to hell. <laughs> it was like, you know, one, one address number away from hell. For me, that was bad. Oh man, I hated that. Just so you know. <laughs> so get people to work together, get your kids to work together. Work with your kids, you know. Well, Marky came came and told us, he said, you know, I took my roommates and helped them to understand how to clean a bathroom. He said, because my one roommate came and he just he just folded a towel and he wiped the side of the sink. Just one little patch. And he thought he was done. Well, Nancy, before any of the children leave the house, she takes something that you have to go from corner to corner. Get that whole bathroom clean. How do you get it? Are you equipped? <laughs> Obviously, Jules is not ready yet because she's still at home. <laughs> but um, but Mark <laughs> showed his roommates how you clean from corner to corner, get it done. Because they had never been trained, never, never been told, how do you do these things? Um Yeah, Ephesians 4.16, from him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. See that last line? As each part does its work. That was awesome yesterday. Uh, Everybody pitching in. It was so beautiful. Really, really. It was awesome. Each part doing its work. And we got a map. I was so stunned when you sent the video out. I was like, You're kidding. you got that whole room, all those walls, and it's all cleared up. And the carpets were all up because I had to leave halfway through the day. Corey finished it out with Johnny, I guess. God bless you guys. Um, But each part does its work. You know, within the family, you have to learn how to respect who each person is. Um, uh, One of our former pastors Uh, Right before she retired, Nancy and I took her out to dinner. And one thing she said to us, she said, Joe and Nancy, you have no idea who you may be raising. Now, as parents, you may have some preconceived ideas about who it is you got. And maybe you got a word or two from the Lord, some prophetic word or something. And that's great. But hold hold that with an open palm. Watch this. Look at me. Hold that with an open palm, not a closed fist, okay? Say, Lord, if this is you, you fulfill it. But you wait and see who your child blossoms into because you don't know who they are. I guarantee you, you don't know who they are. And so the discovery process that you go through as each child begins to bloom and then you find out who they are. One day we were over at uh, Vito and Olga's house and somebody had given Vito a, a potted tree. It was you know, just about an inch and a half thick. But he said he had it for like a year before he even knew what it was. He said it wasn't until it bloomed. Then he knew what it was. And I will tell you, as you're raising your children, you don't know who you're raising until they bloom. So then when they bloom, you begin to pay attention. And how do you love and support and strengthen them in that process? Well, what happens then? You are feeding their image of themselves. You are, you are developing confidence in them. You are strengthening them. You're encouraging them. So like we would sit around when uh let's see when Olivia was born okay <clears throat> um we had this little keyboard it had this uh demo sound or, you know demo little musical thing so when Olivia was born we would be sitting on sitting around having family meetings and then somebody would turn on that auto you know demo music from the keyboard and Andrew would take Olivia in his arms, and he would start moving her arms and her legs like she was dancing. And she was just a baby, and everybody was laughing. And then there was this one por- portion of the music where it sounds like you're in outer space, and Andrew would take Olivia and just turn her all around like she was floating in the air. And every- we were we would roar laughing. You know, it was so much fun. Even just that expression out of Andrew, that expression of fun, that expression of, uh, you know, Uh, It was loving, uh, all of that. It was all in there, but we were learning who Andrew was, okay? And each child, as they would bring something forth, we would just receive it, celebrate it, and enjoy it, okay? Because we find that each thing, each thing that the child brings into the family is a gift to the family. Do you know when we had Sarah, Andrew, Natalie, Mark, We had four kids, and we were living in a 1,000-square-foot house, and we had all four kids in a 10-by-10 bedroom, okay? And then, and we wanted a bigger house, but, but we just weren't getting anywhere. And then came Johnny. When Johnny came into the house, Faith came into the house to get a new house, when John, I mean, when Johnny came into the house, we stuck him in the closet of that 10 by 10 bedroom. We took away the sliding doors. We put those in the garage, and we put a little playpen in, the, in that closet, and that was his bed. And uh, Johnny was the first one that learned how to put himself to bed. We said, John, it's time to go to bed. Yep, he runs, <laughs> and just he would jump into his bed, and that was the end of it. But this is good. <laughs> you know, somehow, I don't know how this happened, but this is good. This is real good. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you, as soon as Johnny came into the home when he was born, all of a sudden we had faith at a different level. And somebody sold us their house. It was on the market for $219. There was no way we could afford that. And So um, I had a number in mind of 170. Crazy. Somebody stopped by the house. Hey, if you have a number in mind, you should call her. So I called her. We were talking. It was an anointed conversation. And then she said, hey, did you have something in mind? I said, yeah, but I didn't want to offend you. She said, well, what were you thinking? I said, I was thinking 170. She goes, that would be fine. (laughs) (laughs) She dropped her price by (laughs) $45,000. In one sentence. That level of faith, we we knew we needed we needed a bigger house. And we had gone to look at one house. And I said, Nancy, why should we look for what we can afford? Why don't we look for what we need? We needed a five-bedroom with an office. That was still five minutes from church. But we knew something didn't that no such a thing didn't exist. But when Johnny came into the house, all of a sudden there was a new level of faith in the home. And we got that half-acre lot five minutes from church with five bedrooms and an office. It was amazing for $45,000 less than the asking price. And it, got, it gets better, but we don't have time to get into the whole detail of that, but, because there was more miracles that happened on and on with that. But I'm not here to talk about that. But I'm telling you that each child brings a gift into the home and it's your job as parents to sit back and wait and discover it. Wait, 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 but keep walking in love. So it's not a, it's not a lazy waiting, it's an active waiting, because you're paying attention to what is this child good at? Where are they starting to shine? Um, next, if you want to pass on, uh, well, let me say this in the scriptures, it's full of bad examples of people passing their faith on to their children. It's full of, I mean, really, really terrible examples. But I don't believe we are destined to follow that. I believe we are new Testament creatures. I believe we have the spirit of God dwelling in us and I believe that our families can be like heaven. Yeah. I really believe in. And <clears throat> your children need a good role model. You know my dad <laughs> said my dad said he goes children teach you a lot. That is an understatement, because you find out once you become a parent that your kids need a role model, one that you would actually want them to follow. The problem is they will become like you. I'll say that again. (laughs) The problem is they will become like you. So how are you going to be? If anything is going to motivate you to change, boy, when you have people following you, all of a sudden it's a different world. Responsibility will change you. Okay? You must embody the faith you are trying to teach them. One thing that um well here in Philippians 4:9, it's Paul says, "Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice." and the God of peace will be with you. I will tell you this, if you try to communicate with your children and make them do something that they can tell you're not doing, children have a very keen hypocrite sensor. I don't know how that thing got so finely tuned, but it is perfectly in order and working well. And accurate. They can tell when you are being a hypocrite. When you are, you know, doing, or telling, demanding they do something, and you are not submitting to that yourself. At some point as they grow, I believe, especially, you know, the goal of, well, let me say this. You know you're not raising children. You're raising adults, okay? You're not raising children, you're raising adults. So the cool thing is when you're, uh, you know, when the children are real, real young, they're in that training phase. I mean, you're just training them, you're just pouring it in, getting their compliance, getting their obedience, et cetera. And then they start to really wonder why, and then you begin to fill up their moral warehouse with all kinds of things that are good and lovely and right. Fill them with the Word of God. We would read the Scriptures. I mean, especially the Proverbs. We would read them every day. Uh, whatever the date was, that was the chapter we were reading. And um, and it, it was so good to fill their heart with wisdom. Okay? <clears throat> in in retrospect, I would do a whole lot more Psalms because probably if you go with the right brain, left brain theory, Proverbs is pretty strong on the left brain. And psalms would be more right-brained. And it would probably be better balanced if we would do more psalms along with Proverbs. Okay, just as a tip for you. Um, But um, embody what you want the child to be. You say, well, then I'm hopeless. Sorry, (laughs) my my kids are damned. (laughs) Because I can never be what I see. Relax, receive the grace of God and allow the grace of God to change you and say, Lord, if nothing else, Lord, change me for their sake, you know, at least, at least for their sake, if not for mine, at least for their sake, change me. Please, Lord, why, I mean, there's so much devastation, hurt and pain in this world that is caused by parents, when home should be the closest thing to heaven. Yet, in way too many people's lives, home is the closest thing to hell, and they can't wait to leave. I know this is painful. I'm sure that this is touching on some things in your heart that um, are difficult, and uh, But let's talk about the future, okay? Let, let, ask God to heal your past, but think about the future because you have people you need to share this with. There are people that need to hear the wisdom. Don't discard what you're hearing today. There's people that need to hear what you just heard. So even if you don't have children, you still can pass this over to those who can... who. Uh, could use this helm. We would have a memorized scripture. uh, Colossians 3.12, "Therefore, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If you have any grievance against each other, forgive as the Lord forgave you, and over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Um, scripture is our standard, okay? love Whatever love mandates, that's what we're going after. I would say this. Here's just a, a separate nugget. I think some people need to balance between habit and adventure. Some people are all adventure, and there's no set schedule. Other people, it's all so rigid that there's never any adventure. But a good balance between the two is healthy, okay? Let me just give you a couple more things, please you want you can once you get momentum going in a family, you can develop positive peer pressure. <clears throat> and I would say we we have that. Um, when Natalie, this was years ago, long before Danny was on the scene, Natalie went out with this friend of hers named Matt. They just went for coffee, and Andrew was online and noticed that <clears throat> that uh, Natalie was out having coffee with the guy, and he's like, "Who is this?" <clears throat> well. What is that? Andrew's a protector. He, that's why he worked as a police officer for so many years. He's a protector, and that's okay. And it took a little calming him down, you know, hey, everything's all right, <laughs> you know. But those, that pressure, that influence of the peers within the family is extraordinary. I will tell you now, there's so many things that Nancy and I actually don't even have to do because the older kids will
0: take care of it for us.
1: <laughs> when when Natalie or, or when when Olivia or Juliana, they're needing some counsel on something, praise the Lord, they're probably going to go talk to Natalie. <laughs> or Sarah, yeah, yeah. They'll get a hold of them. And that's okay with me because there's wisdom there. And that's also provoking or or causing the gifting that's in them to come forth. And it's so powerful. You know, when when you ask somebody a favor, you are giving them a great opportunity to become who they are. Because when you ask somebody a favor, you're activating the gift that's in them. Like if I were to ask Vito right here... If I were to ask him to get up and preach right now, do you know he could? And do you know I would be activating a gift that's in him? He could, he could fill your hearts with, man, just amazing stuff because there's a gift in him. Do you know that if we had a, a, a breakdown of a computer or something electronic up here, and I said, hey, Rich, would you come up and fix this for us? Do you know he could immediately? And I would be activating a gift in here. Do you know that if there was a couple here that needed counseling in their marriage and I said, hey, Ben, I want to meet this couple. What am I doing? I'm activating the gift in Ben. Okay. And uh, why am I going there? Because we need to activate the gifts in our kids. We need to give our kids opportunity to succeed. Give them opportunity to succeed. Um, But I'll tell you this, negative influence from outside can really do damage to your kids' hearts. So we were very careful who we allowed them to be around. And listen, it's way easier to lift somebody up than it is to tear somebody else down in in your child's heart and in their viewpoint. So what we did was we tried to pay attention to who do we want our kids to emulate. Let's get around them, be around them. That's for us why church was so important is because we liked the people we were going to church with So we got the kids. I mean, Lauren and Becky, our kids were raised and we were intentionally around Lauren and Becky and and John and Christine because we knew that their influence on our kids was going to be a very positive thing. And how, look what's happened. And God brought them into the church after all these years. And now they're here being a blessing to my children. We used, Becky and Lauren used to have a party at their house on Sunday night after church every week, and our kids would beg us to go to their house every week. They would beg us, and we'd go as often as we could, and it was awesome, but see, getting your kids around the people that you want them to be like, and you want them to pick up from, you know, even John Aikenhead's influence on my daughters has been a very positive thing. He would, he would tear into them. I mean, they got tough because of John Aikenhead. He, but I'll tell you, I knew John was loving them, and I knew my daughters were safe talking to them. And I knew that them having to go ahead... Oh, wow, it's 1108. I'm sorry. I'll finish up here real quick. Uh, had to get that one in about John, though. Got to pay my dues. Um, so expose the family to the people that you want them to learn from and to emulate. Um, Open heart communication in all relationships. Uh, Proverbs 23, 26, my son, give me your heart. I never understood that verse until I realized the value of an open heart relationship. My son, give me your heart. But then if if your child's heart ever closes to you, then Galatians 3, 1, you foolish Galatians who has bewitched you before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. How did your heart close to me? What happened? And healing that is is key. All right? One last thing and I'm done. <clears throat> if you are controlled by the law, um, let's get this a little bit bigger so I can see it. If you are controlled by the law, how long are you going to do that? Or when do you switch? What do you switch to? Do you want them to own the things that are in your heart? Are they really in your heart? Or are they law to you as well? Purifying your motives is a big deal. Um, if you can't explain your faith to your child in a way that would cause them to willfully choose it, then do you even know your faith? Do you know why you believe? Do you know what you believe? God would love for us. Because he put dominion us, he wants us to be led by desire. Now, that means desire influenced by the word of God, the spirit of God, and all that. But ultimately, since he gave you dominion, he wants you to be led from desire. All right. I think you're full, which means I'm done. But, uh, oh, there's so much I could share. But um, I'm going to close this to stop.
0: Dad, I have one one question for you real quick. So if you've been in a situation where you've navigated you're a little bit later on, maybe you have teens, and you, you look back and say, hey, I've actually, kind of like what you shared earlier, I've been leading from a position of authority exclusively and not from influence. Yeah. Uh, what do you do now? What's the real practical takeaway?
1: <laughs> Sit down with your child and have a heart-to-heart and say, I am really trying as a parent. And I need you to pray for me. I need you to be on my team. Uh, and pray for me that I become a better parent and um and you know when when mark heard that we're supposed to have open heart relationship it seemed to me that he took a steel spike and just stuck it in his door stuck open to me his, his heart is stuck open to me which is awesome but um no door <laughs> yeah no door it's just yeah it's, it's wide open to me which is great but um your child needs to know that you're human and that you are really you are in process as well and and what I'm saying is Mark knew that he had a part to play and when he did that all of a sudden um, you know it changed our relationship because he became a player in it. he wasn't just subject he was now a player that's good That's so important to bring your child to that place where where their faith matters and their their agreement with you matters.
0: Thank you for listening to the Joseph Barlow Ministries podcast. This podcast is made possible by our partners. To partner with us, head on over to josephbarlow.com where you can donate and help us share God's heart for families with the world. And if you want to learn how to hear the voice of God personally, consider taking our Hearing the Voice of God and Journaling class. You'll learn to develop an open connection with God and allow the Holy Spirit to guide you through every step of your life. Thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.